All right, you ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live once again from the Wilton studio. Alex, Nick, and Cody are ready to kick it up and kick it loud. We are fresh off our trip to the great state of Illinois, the land of Lincoln, and the bone has came back to Georgia. It's going to be a great night. We can't wait to tell you all about it and the friends we met. Pull up a chair and sit a while. Nick, we're knocking on the door of one year in this event, and it seems like this was when we was kicking it off a year ago in just a few more days, old buddy. How you doing tonight? Good, man. Next week is the anniversary. I know, and I'm excited for that one. It's going to be a great time to uh, to get back and review over the last year of what it's been, and, and my, 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 what a night of fun talking we're going to have. Cody is back here <laughs> and back with us. <laughs> excited as ever. I am. I think this is probably going to be one of the funnest ones we've done in a while because it has been a while since it's just been us getting in the studio and kicking it up and talking, talking amongst ourselves for once. It's been a long while. I don't remember the last one we did when it was just us. Has it been two weeks? <laughs> Has it been that long? Since we recorded one? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, we, we've, yeah. we've not missed two weeks yeah. in a row uh, in, in over a year, and I think that it's going to be a fun one to kick up. But you know, we, got th- a, we got a lot of highs and lows from this trip. I mm-hmm. think that is going to be a lot of discussion about the highs, the lows, the wins, the losses, and the I think the learning. The learning for me this year has probably been as much as it ever was. Yeah. Um, and hey, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, before we get going, I got something for everybody. Oh God, here it must be something fun that, that Nick's got. Lined I got up something for lined up for Alex. I didn't want him to uh, kick off his own show, really, because I feel like we uh, most of the talk may be around what what happened to Alex up in the Midwest. But um, I wrote something from the deer stand and kind of put it together on Sunday night. It didn't take me too long to write it, or it didn't take me too long to put it together. But well, uh. Let's hit the button on this thing. Let's go. Y'all sit back and enjoy the ride. His name is Alex. He's a big buck killer and he can't be denied. He's got a horseshoe that most would like to find. He likes to get up early in the morning, bush light burps and longhorn breath. He pours himself a shot of snops and says today one drops. As he heads to the woods, he climbs up in the stand. Around about eight steps out of man. Tall and wide, he cannot hide. He pulls back that Hoyt and lets one fly. What do you know, our old buddy hammers again as he lowers his head and says, Lord, thanks again. Now let's get this thing started and let's talk about it. Oh, my God. Uh, you didn't do that. You did it. not do that. I have props, buddy. Uh, oh, oh, my man. goodness. I knew when I heard that music, I was like, oh, Nick done laid one down. You sorry, dog. I love it. That's, That's awesome. good stuff. When did you write that? When I was sitting in the deer stand. Oh, what was it, Monday night? No, I wrote it, uh, I think I started, um, what day did it rain? Thursday? Yeah. yeah. I started Thursday and I finished Friday morning. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, where'd you find that music? On that Ad- Adobe. Adobe. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That is awesome. A little rap beat. <laughs> to do you, we're going to do another one of those. The next Cuz Strickland in the making. <laughs> Cuz would be proud of that. <laughs> hey, well. 
Oh, well, you know, and, and for anybody who's listening, I'm sure you've been on social media and saw that I did, was lucky enough to take a deer this year. And we're going to talk about that. And I want to talk about some of the journey as it went for Cody and Nick. And Caden's not with us tonight. He's He had a little event that he had to go to for school. But it was a, an eventful journey for he and I, and I want to talk about that some. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to go through all the – all the different scenarios that went through my head from day one and, and of course, being able to – fortunate enough to tag out on just two and a half days in and how it transpired and how it could have been different. We had Josh with us this year. He was fortunate enough to take a deer, and uh, I'm sure you've got some news that you want to talk about This came down actually last night. Yep. So I think that's something cool to go. But anyway, um, right out of the gate, I want to, you know, first and foremost, thank the people that have followed along with us over the last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of folks reach out to us, checking in on us, knowing we were going into the Midwest, you know, a lot of other podcasts, a lot of our, you know, partners that, that were uh, uh, not sponsored by, that, but we're friends with now. And they've checked in with us. They've been really good about sharing stuff and talking to us and kind of guiding us as we went. Talked to Don Higgins, sent him a picture over of the deer I took, you know, and he had great words of encouragement for it. I know Cody's talked to guys that we, uh, we've we had on the show previously. I know you have, and it's been a lot of fun to kind of get that atmosphere going and hear the whole vibe around us being there and us being able to do what we enjoy. I had a, I had a great time up there. Um, I know we'll probably get into questions here in just a second, back and forth with one another, but it was um, it came and gone way too fast, and always does. You know, we 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 prepare all year long, and it seems like it, it's gone in a couple of days. It seems like a couple of days from all day sets, and and I don't know that I've ever hunted any harder than I did this year to not even be able to pull my bow back one time. You didn't get a single draw. I never draw my bow back, other than just practicing practicing just to see where my yeah. shots were. That was the only time I pulled back. I feel like I, I feel like I hunted probably just as hard, if not the hardest that I've hunted ever this year. Many all day sits. Just one morning it rained, and that was the only morning I didn't hunt. And you know, it was it's a lot of work, but like you said, it just in a flash is it gone. Did. You're like, yeah. golly, it's already. And we actually ended up staying an extra day to try to make it happen. So, you know. It, I, for me, it didn't fly by. <laughs> See how I get. And I'll tell you, excuse me. That longhorn got to me. Um, I think the biggest thing that made it go longer was the fact I was able to spend so much time with someone else in the woods. Um, From Monday evening all the way through the end of the week, I hunted with Caden, and it was was more relaxing. And, And I know people say, well, the pressure was off. You'd already got a deer killed. And it was, but the pressure was really on because I wanted him to get one so bad. But we made the most of those situations, and and. You know, definitely more to come on that. But tell me about, you know, what was the first first impression when you got there this year? Man, it's really green. Yep. It was wow. really green. Um, super. I have a video. I had. I actually took some pictures. The first day I sat in this one stand and the last day I sat in the same exact stand and I was taking pictures just of the surroundings and the hardwoods across the street, I went back from Saturday to Friday and how much they changed in that week's time was unreal. And uh, a lot of my cameras that were in the woods were just going off just because of, of the leaves. And I know we'll talk about the wind too, but um, yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe how many soybeans are standing, and I couldn't believe we actually we were probably one of the only farms around there still had standing corn. Yeah. Um. So I, I made it tough. Did it Did it change Did it change the way that you had to set up? Because I know it 
it changed a little bit of my um, the way I set up in the woods because I couldn't see near as good as I have in the past. You know, in um, certain areas. No, and, and probably probably the reason is is we hunt a private piece and we've went up there in the summer and cleared shooting lanes. Right. So we didn't really have that problem. Um, the biggest problem that killed us killed me and Brandon was a southwest wind all week because most of our stands are set up for a north wind. Some of them are southwest. Some of them you can hunt either or and you're okay with, but the constant southwest winds what got us. Do you think locking in those stands early on and kind of setting up for years past because it was a green difference this year, do you think that may have attributed you not having as much success because you were set up for those wintertime patterns, and this year there was so much standing corn, there was so much standing bean, and so much greenery for them to eat. Do you think that hurt you a little bit, having those set places to go to? No, because I stayed pretty mobile. Yeah. I took my um, – we got a lot of big timber up in there, uh, big hardwood, so I'm able to use a climber. And without counting, I probably I probably set in seven different trees. Mm-hmm just trying to stay mobile and move around to see where the deer was at. Um, I scouted some, and I don't know. It, it was just, it was a weird year. I don't even know how to – I've talked to so many people. I've talked to local other people up there that was hunting, and um, I believe somebody was in our camp from August 31st, and they're still there, which is today is, the, what, the 15th? 16th. 16th. Yep. Somebody's still there, and yesterday was the first day – Somebody had actually saw a buck chasing a doe. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, and and I want to stay on you, and and let's go through the week and how it transpired. There was, what, seven of y'all in in your camp for most Mm -hmm. of the week? Yeah, yeah. So, did did anyone have an opportunity at a deer that was of sizable uh, early on? Now, we'll not get into the later on in the week yet, but. Um, Early on, no. Um, There was a guy that hunted with us there before we got there from Mississippi. He didn't have any luck. He actually had called Brandon and told Brandon he had never seen anything like it there. And he had actually went up early season and, and uh, taken a doe, I believe. And um, and then Dad and John had went up there, and they just didn't – they weren't seeing no deer, weren't seeing no sign. Um, they had a little bit cooler weather the first part of November. They just wouldn't see anything. Our cameras were kind of real dead too. Um, but, no, nobody had saw. I think the first actual sighting of a decent buck was – um, November 9th wow. was the first sight. And that deer come out with another buck into a bean field, standing bean field, and there was does there, and, and he was just hanging out with the other buck. Crazy. Wow. And then you went on to uh, the middle part of the week and things I, started. I want to yeah, back up to this. So we get there on November – when did we get there? November 5th? The 6th. The 6th. We got there November 6th. <laughs> Um, I have a camera up in the timber and a, a cell camera, and I decided that I was going to stay down low and hunt that afternoon. I was going to I was going to do a, basically a midday hunt when we got there because we got there early, um, and then I was going to move over to some beans to do an observation set for a big deer I had on camera that was that had just showed up. He sh- the last picture I had got of him was August 29th. The next time I got that deer on camera was November 4th. Yeah, he showed up November 4th, November 5th. November 7th, and then I know we'll go into later the part of the week about that same deer. Um, but I made that decision that I was going to hunt down low instead of going to that timber. That timber is typically only good from – it's almost, it's really a 10-to-3 spot. Well, that day it was 10-to-3. 
So I'm sitting there in that first set before I just, I'll say, I'll say stand A. I was sitting in stand A. I was getting ready to get down to go to stand B. While I was getting ready to get down, my camera started going off. There were four different bucks in front of that camera and one of them bedded down. Now, only one of them I probably would have shot. Um, but that was just, that was the last time that I only saw one more buck out of that set and I'll call that stand three. So I move over to, um, I move over to stand two and, and never get that deer. The, the deer that I had that I really wanted to take on camera, I never got my eyes on him until the later part of the week. So from, <laughs> and I know you saw it and sent us pictures, boys, I've made a mistake and not chose to go to that stand, yeah. but was it four bucks together or was it a doe in there with them too? There was some, there was some does in there, but nothing seemed to be running. Uh, one, even in one of the pictures, there was two bucks and one buck was making a scrape. I never saw him fighting. Um, the one buck had bedded down and he had two does out in front of him, but it never seemed like they were chasing. They probably stayed in front of the camera 30 minutes. Yeah. They were there for a while. Yeah. It was a long time. I mean, of course I couldn't walk up in there. Long enough time. to make you sick. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, one picture of that buck looked a little bristled though. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Yeah. And, so, I mean, they just... could have been fighting. Um, I went in there the next day. That was Saturday. I went in there Sunday, the seventh and, I, I think me and Brandon got in there at 11. We kind of hunted the same area. Got in there at 11, 1240, a 90-inch eight-pointer comes by, and that was the last buck I saw. That's it. Now, I made an adjustment up there because that stand don't really favor a southwest wind and saw another one the, sec, the last day there. Um, but he was just cruising. So none of their hawks were black. Um, the scrapes were filled in, and I told Brandon, I don't think the scrapes that we actually saw in those areas – I thought those. I think those were more territorial scrapes than they were rutting scrapes, and I could be wrong. But that's a heavily uh, rutted area in the past, right? And there just wasn't no sign in there. The does weren't even bedding in there. That is crazy. I mean, and of course we'll go into to what we saw, and we're only forty five minutes north, mm -hmm. and it's just amazing to me how much it's changed. But it's neat to see and have people in different areas, you know, people to the west of us, people to the north, people to the south, and the way we can all talk about, you know, what's going on. And it was a huge dynamic difference between what we were seeing in our area and what you were seeing in yours because from from day one we were seeing action, whereas you weren't. And I don't know, I, I just – I don't know if it was early, if it was late, you know, what what's going on and, and what changed that. And somebody smarter than us, I'm sure, has got a, a better conclusion on it. But take us into the middle of the week because it got, it got kind of kind of busy uh, early on, didn't it, and going into to the middle part to the latter part of the week. Um, yeah, when we got into the later part of the week, we were actually kind of scratching our heads and wondering where to, where to go. Um, my dad, like I said, my dad had saw a decent deer that he was trying to make a move on and and you know, hunting in the Midwest, you got to stay very mobile, mm -hmm. and, and you got to make moves that you wouldn't normally make around Georgia. And uh, we 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 go and hang a set for him, which he wanted to use his climber, and um, just because he wanted to set for a while, and he's older, he didn't want his back and stuff to hurt. But anyways, so we go and find this tree, and and put him in this situation where this tree, he can only if he were to climb up to the V part of this tree, he might be ten foot off on the ten foot off the ground on the high side, right. But it had, it was it was just between two it was between a power line and a bean field, so just trying to imagine this this tree's got like the top of it looks like basically broccoli you know everything he couldn't go up past that V, but down low it had a bunch of green stuff growed up in front of it and I said Dad I said just get in that stand and turn around and sit down 
I was like, just let that be your seat because I told him to go make a ground blind. Uh-huh. And um, so he did. He he just went and sat in that stand, and he made one climb. He was probably three feet off the ground, <laughs> but he could sit behind that green stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he actually had a decent 10-pointer come out there, but he was waiting on the deer that had been running with the 10-pointer. And um, I think the wind shifted on him and blew into a thicket. Ooh. And uh, he never seen that deer again. Um, but anyways, going back to what you're saying, as the later part of the week, we were called scratching our heads. Me and Brandon, we just had a few short days. And um, you want me to go into that deer? Yeah, yeah. I want you to. Yeah. Tell, I want you to. Yeah. I'm gonna stay on you because <laughs> I didn't know how far and, you want to go. And, well, and I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange the trip for what it is. I mean, yeah. because it, there was moments I'm sure that you had that were you know fun moments, and and definitely go into those, but. It was really a, a dull year for you it in was Illinois. A, yeah, and, I mean, and, and I don't I, will, I don't want to say that I had a bad time because I didn't have a bad time. I had a great time. The deer, the seeing deer was a bad time. Right. I probably for the whole week I was there, minus seeing the same deer out of the same stand, I probably saw maybe fifteen deer. Wow, that's wow. Yeah. that's terrible. I mean, that makes for when you're sitting in a stand. Now I stayed, like I said, I stayed mobile. I would hunt a spot until ten or eleven o'clock because I knew it didn't. That spot usually didn't produce after then. Right. And I would hit another spot, and then I would leave and go hit another spot. But um, but when you would sit there from daylight to 2 or 3 o'clock and not see nothing, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my goodness. So you're ready to make moves. Anyways, we get down to Friday. We're leaving Saturday. Um, we go back to camp. We had set in the timber from daylight until it was almost 2 o'clock. Brandon texts. He said, hey, let's let's get out. Let's go, let's go sit on some fields or something somewhere. At this time, we're ready to shoot a doe, you know. Right. We just want to pull back on something. So I said, hey, I'll go back to what I call the cypress tree where I had seen that buck earlier on camera. And um, this was stand two from day one. And I'm trying to paint this picture for everybody. Yeah, I know it's do. hard to keep up with. Um, but I call this a cypress tree, and it's basically in between. Um, it's on the bottom side of a lake in between a cut bean field and a, basically a grown-up pasture. And – you guys saw it. You guys come down. Yeah. Um, you guys saw it. It's a, it's a grown up pasture um, across the street. Some big big woods, and which we don't own, and can't hunt. Um, sorry. Um, so Brandon, we we go back to camp. Take off from camp. It's like three o'clock. Brandon says, "I don't know where to go. I'll just go sit over here in this one stand." I said, "Why don't you grab a chair?" And go sit in this pasture. I said, these deer always cross this one place every single day. And I said, you can sit over there, probably build you a ground blind of some sort, and at least maybe get a shot at a doe. He's like, turn around. So we turned around, went back to camp, grab a chair, and we take back off. And as we're going there, and Brandon wouldn't admit it, but he's got a string of pretty good luck last few years. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. killed some pretty decent deer up there. And uh, he'll hear this and say, bull crap. But he's had a pretty good string of luck. And I said, on the way over, I said, you know that big deer that's been on camera showing up right after dark is going to come right across that road, and you're going to get a shot at it, don't you? He's like, oh, whatever, bull crap. And I said, well, when that thing does, I'll be watching the whole thing because I can see across that pasture, and I'll see you shoot it. And I said, you'll hear me over there crying. <laughs> so we go over there, and I drop him off. He goes down there and gets set up. And I can't see him, but I go get my I go get my lock on, climb up. I can't see him because he's sitting behind this green bush. Well, as soon as I climb up in the stand, a, a, a decent little – Georgia eight pointer comes out underneath me and he's like, where's it at? You going to shoot it? And I said, no, I ain't shooting it. I don't care if it's the last day or not, whatever. So it goes on. And, and about four 30 that I told him, I said, the last 30 minutes, I said, just be ready. So he says, 
I can't sit in this chair no more. He tells me this after the fact. I can't sit in this chair no more. I got to get on my knees. That grass, that field's so soft, it was pushing that chair down into the ground. <laughs> so, the mobile pies yeah. done caught up to him through the week. I, I told Cody Mayo, I said, we ought to be sponsored by Little Debbie as many as we've eaten this week. But, um, so he gets on his knees in that grass. And that grass, I don't know what you call some of that brown stuff that's died on the top, but it's grown up. But So about 4.45 rolls around, I text him. And I just happened to see it across the street. And I said, get ready. You and saw the deer? I saw the I saw a deer. I just said, get ready. And then I threw my binoculars up, and I said, I text him back, big one. At that point, I was like, there's that deer. I was like, here yeah. it goes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going down. It's about to happen. So it walked right down through there. But I, like I said, I couldn't see Brandon. So it goes down. The, it's going down along with the tree line through the pasture, and it goes behind that green bush, and boom, it vanishes. You can't see it. So, But I had clipped on my GoPro. Mm-hmm. So when you guys go watch the video on YouTube, you'll see – me looking through the binoculars, and I might have said a curse, cuss word on there about getting him. Um, but he goes behind there, and then you can see when the deer – you can see me following the deer down the field. And it goes down through there, and it falls. It's, it, he shoots it. It runs down through there. It falls face forward. As it falls, it gets back up, and it, it, it kind of bounces off. And, and I'm still watching it. And it's got blood all over its side. And I'm thinking, dude, he has smoked this thing. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what it is. So he calls me, and all of a sudden, I start crying. <laughs> Did like, you? Not, like, no, just, I just faking. Fake I was fake crying. <laughs> he's like, I, yeah. He's like, I hear you over there. <laughs> and I said, he said, I think I got him. He went down. I said, well, he did go down. I said, but he got back up. He said, oh, I didn't see him go down. I said, man, he's got blood all over him, everything. So I was like, well, come over here. I said, we'll wait a while. So he come over to my stand. We talked. And. Went back to camp, talked to you guys on the phone, and uh, I think we'd waited like three and a half hours. You guys finally got there, and we'd eat some dinner and sat around and talk and went back out there. And, and Brandon had said, and if there's anything I could take back from that, Brandon had said, let's go over there, let's find blood, let's mark it, and let's back out. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know what it is. And, and, and he wasn't pushing it, but that's what he had – that's a statement he had made before you guys had got to yeah. camp. So you guys, well, everybody gets there. We load up. We all go over there. What eight or nine of us goes over there? Yeah, and, a pile of us. And we go over there and we find blood. I think Cody found the first blood and and yelled it. And then all of a sudden, Dad says blood, and and it was like, well, crap, we got blood. We might as well. Nobody ever stuck their hand up. You know, no. nobody ever said, hey, let's. And Brandon, you know, Brandon now says I should have told, you know, should have asked everybody to stop. But you know, we were in the moment. We we're caught up in it and following it. And I don't know. We probably tracked it. What, 125 yards maybe? Probably, I mean, yeah. good blood. I mean, some of it was on the trees, and um, we were following it pretty easy, and boom. Me yep. and Caden and Cody looked up there. and boom, I seen him too. They jumped, yeah. Every, everybody, there he goes. He had bedded down, jumped up, and the next move was just basically parallel a big road, a highway, and go down a cut bean field. So I figured the next spot he would be would be in the next, next ditch down or the following ditch with water in it. So we back out and – we all go back to camp. You guys hang around for a while and leave, and we get up Saturday. And, and I'd, I'd woke up around 5, I think. And I told Brandon, I said, hey, let's get on up. We're leaving. We know we're going to leave on that Saturday anyways. I said, let's get up. Let's go to town, grab some breakfast. So we did come back. I thought, man, we, we're going to find blood. We're going to find this deer pretty easy. And uh, we found where he bedded. And about 10 foot after that, we found a little bit of blood on the side of some um, limbs. And that was it. Never found a deer track. Um in that cut bean field, we felt we followed every tree line, every ditch, 
and my phone had said we'd went 7.3 miles in efforts looking for that deer. Uh, we went to back to where that deer had came from. There's a thicket over there. Um, we had went over there and, and walked all through it, checked it out. Nothing, man. And I just, you know, I felt like as much as Brandon, you know, Brandon kept saying, you know, how long is it going to take me to get over this? And I said, well, it's going to take a while. You know, I've, I've been there and, um, I know what it's like. I've shot deer that, that I thought was my personal best and never put my hands on them. And I've made mistakes of going in there early. Do I think it was a mistake looking back now? Yes. Um, should we have even went over there? No. And I told Brandon on the way home, I said, I'll make a deal with you if you'll make a deal with me. He's like, what's that? I said, from now on when we're bow hunting, especially in Illinois, when we got a chance of a lifetime deer that we've we've shot, if you you tell me, hey, we need to wait six or eight hours to go in there, that's what we're going to do. We're not going in there any sooner if we don't see that deer fall. I don't care what kind of blood we got. I would rather the coyotes go in there and tear that thing to pieces and me get the horns off of it and know that I done know that I let that deer lay long enough. And we always say that in deer camp. We've always said that, but we never seem to stick to it. We always say, let them lay. Yeah. Let them lay. And um, well, you, I, you get I told, caught up. Yeah, and I told you this too. I said, we was all over there excitement. And who wants to be the guy that raises their hand and says, all right, everybody back out. Because yeah. everybody's in the moment. You're finding blood. You know, it's hard to make that decision. It is. And – that would have been Brandon's personal best. I, you know, it's a, it was a 10-pointer. It was a mainframe eight with kickers on his G2s. And I would say that deer had to be pushing mid-150s to low-160s easy um, with the width and main beams he had. He was probably a younger deer, but, you know. And, and I, I don't take anything away from it. Brandon said he, he had one opportunity. The deer spotted him. Brandon was able to stand up. He had three shots at the deer. Brandon said he could have shot him in the neck, which he didn't want to. He said he could have shot him in the shoulder. He didn't know if he'd hit vitals or he could have shot him a little bit back the way that where that deer was standing. So I think the deer, you know, hopefully it wasn't a liver shot. Hopefully it was just a flesh wound. The deer, the arrow was not a pass through. I wonder, and you know, thinking back on the blood that we saw there, I wonder if if maybe he might have hit something and slowed his arrow down. Well, he and thinks it deflected. That's you know, yeah. and hit something and maybe turned sideways because we found. A rich amount of blood, and it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was that deep, dark, you know, liver-like blood, but it wasn't a bright heart blood. It was almost fleshy and like a lung blood. Yeah. And I wonder if it deflected and maybe you know cut down him and cut it cut underneath. But I just I, I don't. I, I never want to be the person to say, like Cody said, you know, everybody back out. We need to let this one lay. But as hunters and as good as we are and as many years as we've done this stuff we got to learn that at some point that we need to let them lay yeah i mean if you don't hear them crash if you don't see them go down well we've got to learn that and what 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 does it eventually take to learn that is this it yeah i mean we were all in that situation so are we going to be the ones to learn that now i mean we got to we got to we got to it's bad, but I tell you, I tell you this, and, and I got an episode I haven't even told you, Alex. I got a guy that I'm I talked to on the phone up there that's got a tracking dog, and um, I'm gonna have him come on the podcast and talk about these things because there was things I didn't know. I mean, I we called him the next day and asked him about bringing a dog over there, and one of the biggest things was, "Have you guys went in there past where you jumped him?" We said, "Yeah," and he got mad at us. Um, so a lot of things like that. I mean, if people's gonna use a dog, we need to be more informed, and I think a good episode like that would be very helpful because he had some good hard questions. Did the air pass through? 
how long did you get guys give it you know so somebody that does that every day for a living will be able to help us more than just us you know and we're not sponsored by them but that deer cast cody you pulled it up was on the phone yeah it said eight to ten hours did it not from the crosshair yeah. that we put on it yeah yeah and, and, and we should have followed it and i uh, think deer cast has done an amazing job with that mm-hmm. we used it several times i mean i pulled it up and gave the phone to cody i'm like talk to him and yeah. find out where it hit and you guys are in a tough area for service so it's kind of hard to get in touch with yeah. you and we lit out driving not even knowing where we were going i'm like well we'll just drive down there and i mean I, and i'm glad we did because i'll be honest with you of, of the whole you know trip as as much fun as we had that was one of the funnest nights right. that i Absolutely. enjoyed most because getting to see your dad and john and brandon and hank and you know i don't get to see those guys that much like you do and of course we see each other two three times a week all the time but it was fun to come down and see y'all's camp great setup you know and I enjoyed just the camaraderie that yeah. kind of brought it back a little bit. The old deer camp days. Yeah. Um, maybe we need to maybe we need to plan a supper <laughs> in the future. I tell you, uh, that losing that deer, I didn't shoot that deer, but just having record of that deer and watching it go down, it made me feel like that I shot it and I lost it. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I mean, I felt just as I don't probably don't feel as bad as Brandon. I ain't gonna say that, but. For the way it went down and all that stuff, man, I feel. You preach it to the choir, son. My <laughs> guts is still hurting. <laughs> I, I, I feel terrible, man. And, and I don't know. There's there's things we could have done different. And, and, and I, that just goes back to life. You could do anything different. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we always tend to – we don't we tend to not learn from our mistakes at times, but maybe finally we'll we'll take this as a sign of, hey, we need to, we need to take this as a lesson. Let them lay. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't see them go down, let yep. them lay. Let yeah. that let that be a slogan at your deer camp. Let them lay, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, but oh, pop, son, he put the hammer down yesterday. Golly, and that you need to share that picture out for that because Jack, that picture of him, that picture of him sitting there behind that deer, it wasn't one of these doctored up glamour shots or anything else. <laughs> it embodied Jack Wilson sitting there in those dang ace hardware coveralls from head to toe and just the hat was all sideways and just sitting there grinning and you just, know what just, i told him i said take that deer out in the field and take some good pictures and that's how they took them <laughs> and uh they had them on the back of a they had them on the back of the hitch hauler upside down they yeah. hung it they hung it from the um from uh, the barn barn the, loft the yeah. barn and weighed it and and i was just like whatever it was, it was a fabulous deer i don't i don't is that know. the biggest one that jack's killed Mm-mm. No? no no i don't think so i think that other that eight pointer kill but well, i'd say that's right up from behind it would look good he said he there. wasn't even gonna mount it well jack you know he's tight for money now nick he's retired <laughs> now <laughs> but now that was the first that was the that was the deer i was talking about that was the first deer that was chasing that anybody saw out of hunting camp with us so enough of my story <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, what? Is, no, I'm asking the question. I, I, I had one more question. So, if there was one one takeaway from 2021, other than letting a deer lay, what was something else as far as a memory or something outside of hunting that might have happened that that stands out in your mind? A memory, or just anything that happened in camp? Was there a funny moment that you that happened this year that you want to share? I'm sure, that that crew up there, there's several. <sighs> they, I don't maybe r-rated um <laughs> there may be some there may be some funny stuff on uh on the youtube videos when i get get them done i haven't went through all them um no all I, right well here's a question yeah. since you can't think of that did filming affect you at all uh no because i didn't let it i didn't let it i didn't care 
Like I set my camera equipment up every day and I packed it in and you talking about heavy on the back of that climbing stand, son. Um, I packed it in every day, but did it, did it, it hinder you? And, and the reason I ask no. that is, is we see a lot of people, you and I and Cody, we all watch <laughs> social media and you see them, you know, talking about stuff for sale and this, that, and that, it's just not for me or whatever. Do you feel like it hindered you at all? <laughs> I'm laughing because when you only see 12, 15 deer in a week, well, I, I didn't get a whole lot of footage. Right, Most right. of it's me talking or eating a little Debbie or, um, <laughs> you probably, it, yeah. somebody sent yeah. me a message said, who is eating all, somebody's going to have diabetes and all those damn Debbie pies. I was like, that's, uh, that's Nick. That's Nick. But, um, no, uh, it didn't. Um, it's very hard to get a camera set up on a lock on with a back. It's very hard to get a camera set up on a climber. It's, it's basically shoulder height. Um, but no, it didn't. I, I wasn't. I already told myself, don't let that camera get in the way of, of shooting a deer. You know, doe, but make a good shot on that deer first. Make sure you got a good shot on that deer, and then worry about the camera. If I saw a deer coming, coming, I would just turn that camera on and point it in the direction, and I never would look back at it. Right. I, I didn't. I, I'm not there for that. Yeah, and I mean, it was just a curiosity question. But, if it if it was something you would do again, would you take those? Are you yes, are you still yes, interested? I'm vested, in yes. Okay. But to go back and look at that footage and film and stuff i mean there's things i wish i would have done I, and i told brandon i said man i should have turned that camera on but i was too focused on looking at that buck through my binoculars because i want to see it go down you right. know and, and maybe if i would have turned it on and ran it on the deer because i had the capability i could have run it on the deer and then we could have went back and looked at that footage and been like man that's a back that's a back shot we need to wait yeah you know but everybody don't have the capability i'm not saying that but um I told Brandon when we came home, I will have some stands for a southwest wind up there. I'll right, have some stands right. for that because it does blow out the southwest up there, and it and it and it's usually southwest, northwest, or west. But more times than not, it's usually a west or northwest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just it was just it was a it was a fun year, man. I'm glad I'm glad Dad retired and 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 he's able to sit up there and hunt, and um, he filled a buck tag, man, that he hasn't filled in several years. Will you go back this year? I can't. No, no time. Too much work, man understand you got me slaving over this cast and <laughs> <laughs> i'll put it on hold for a night yeah now nah, i gotta get something around here so i got my, my my freezer's empty but um enough of the the wilson venture and all the guys with him what's what, i don't even know where to start with y'all what y'all think about going up what y'all what did you i took i took it as a uh real green up there what did y'all think it been yeah it was it was definitely the most well, – was this my fifth year, I think, going? Fourth. and Fourth, yeah. And it was definitely – it was crazy. I mean, most of the time, if you're in a block of timber up there where we hunt, you're around some kind of cut bean field, cut corn field, and you can at least watch – see into those fields and stuff. And there was a lot of places I couldn't see past 40, 50 yards, you know, yeah. in those woods. But like you said, as the week went on, you know, it was amazing how much the woods changed. But those first few days – if you were in the timber, which is where we like to hunt, it was, I mean, you were, you were hard pressed to get a shot past 35, 40 yards. So that, that, and that's what I was asking you because that kind of changed the way I was setting up on some of my sets because of it. Uh, not that I needed to see, because when I first one first started going up there, I wanted to see a long ways, you know, and wanted to be able to watch deer and stuff. And then I realized like, well, seeing them at 200 yards is great, but getting in their bedrooms better, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but it's, it changed when I got in their bedroom, I still needed to be able to make those but shots, you, but you couldn't take a limb saw cause you're hunting public ground, right? Well, 
I was fortunate enough to hunt private ground this year. Gotcha. Um, and you may just go into my week. Yeah, yeah. You, well, before we get too far into the week, I just want to say that we probably made the easiest, fastest time that we've ever made getting there. We yep. arrived at, at, at the campground at 1030 in the morning. I mean, we've never made it there that fast. <laughs> So it really enabled us to get that afternoon hunt on because I got that road fixed in Chattanooga. Oh my god! Yeah, and I mean, we got we made it there in great time. We got checked in, and we were actually able to kind of chill out a little bit before we even went to the woods. We got our bows out. Caden and I got out and shot. Cody didn't want to shoot. He had his in the box. He's like, I ain't shooting that thing. So we, we I shot. shot. Did you shoot? I shot two arrows. Oh yeah, you shot a little bit, and then we but we wanted to practice and just make sure things were on and. We did that. We got camp set up, and, of course, the, the rush was on then. And, and I think that was, for me, that's almost a pressure relief. Once you're there, yes. and that's what yeah. everybody asks me. They're like, you don't seem very excited. And I'm like, I'm excited. I just want to get there. That's right. I'm the same way. Safely. It's, I, yeah. I want to, you know, be – I'm just – I'm nervous about that because it's a long way to travel, especially with that big camper Cody's pulling. And I mean, I'm – nervous as could be but he did a great job driving up and we didn't have any arguments over the driving <laughs> we made it there great time and you know it was it was a good trip up i will say that right out of the gate so yeah. well let's get let's i think we just go day to day because i think that's that, that way the story's yeah. gonna get yeah, since no. y'all were hunting together so what was y'all's first plans getting out there after getting set up well i knew where i was going i mean i'm headed back to the same piece of public ground that i was cameras before. Dead. Um, no, we had one camera dead where I was at and one was still hot. So it, it died two days before we got there. Okay. Were they um, active with deer? They, they were active all year with deer, but we had not seen anything. We had one nine pointer show up on my cameras that was, I would say feasible to, mm -hmm. to hunt. I mean, he wasn't a giant by no means, but I saw the deer, great deer, but just wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, and I went in to my first day set with the mentality hey i'm going back to this same spot we had a great win for it but a man right out of the gate the amount of people yeah. that were up there hunting public ground it was unbelievable i mean places we had hunted before that we didn't see anybody parked at there were seven trucks parked in one parking lot we went by and i was like uh-oh i got nervous because where i hunt it's an it's a long way to get to and not a lot of people are going to walk that far to get back there. And everybody you talk to, like, how do you get to this place? You walk from right here. Well, I'm not walking that far. 10-4, I appreciate it. You know, I mean, this, and that's how I wanted to be about it. So right out of the gate, I go, and I, I go to my spot, and, and I get there. And, um, well, you just want me to go on into my first evening? Yeah, and just then, go, yeah. So first evening, I get in the woods. Um, I saw eight bucks. Um, and now they weren't all shooters. Um, I saw one good, decent buck. I, I think it may have been that nine pointer, um, saw chasing, had deer out in the field that was South of me. I saw deer moving around and I had a lot of movement. Does were moving. Um, the first thing I did though, when I got in to hang my set and I made it a point, I was going to do it this year. I made two mock scrapes. I took the scrape down from, from nose down since I made one scrape that was, would be to my North. And I made one out in front of me that was uh, would be to my west. So I made those scrapes. And, and whether or not I, at the time I thought, well, I'm going to make them. I, and we've talked to Jason, you know, and we're going to do a show with him. And I, I used those scrapes as a, as a test because we've said all along we're never going to do or promote anything that we don't use. And I, I really wanted to see how well that stuff worked. 
scraped down, sprayed the woods down with the bully buck, got in the tree, sprayed the calm down down. That was my setup. Got my camera set, hung my lone wolf, and dude, love that stand. Easiest stand that I have to hang. Got my camera arm set up. Everything to me was a perfect setup for it. And right off the rip, I started seeing deer. So that first evening, I saw seven or eight bucks, some does running around, had a spot come in, and and I had a buck come in that first evening right in my lap that was, I mean, he was a decent eight-pointer, and I got some great video of him coming in. I really thought when I first saw him, I thought, oh, go on here, we're going to get it done right <laughs> off the rip. And I filmed him and, you know, coming in, and he – he sat there, and one thing that we've always talked about in Illinois is the height that you are in a tree. And I'm 14, 15 feet in this tree last year. I got a little higher this year because I was able to with the new sticks. I was able to get up a little bit further, but that deer had no idea I was there. And I attribute a lot of that to the greenery. You know, we talked about how green it was. We had a big backdrop, mm-hmm. and I wasn't skylined. I was kind of hidden in that tree. Same tree I was in last year. So – Right off the rip, I've seen a good buck, I've seen a decent buck, and I've seen some chasing around. I mean, they were running does in the field all around me. So, great first evening for me. So, my whole plan going up there was to hunt public land. We had went up in the spring um, and hung those cameras, and I had a couple cameras hanging on public land. And I had had, I think, one decent deer show up on that camera. and But I was still going to go in there and hunt because – you know, we say it all the time, camera's only looking at 40 foot, you know. They may be taking a trail just to the left or right. So that was my plan. The week prior to that, to us leaving, I found out that I was going to get to hunt some private land that I... Just actually a few days before. Yeah, a few days. Yeah, a few days. And so it kind of changed my plan, but I was excited because I knew the private land good, and I knew exactly I knew exactly the tree I was going to go to. My setup changed a little bit because of the greenery um if i'd have gotten that same tree i wouldn't have been able to see so i went in there sunday or saturday evening and i hung my set now keep in mind this this private land is it's really close to some public land and it's actually the public land where we saw all the trucks parked and at this time we hadn't seen all the trucks but i get in there saturday evening i don't see a deer until i don't see anything that first day and I was like, man. But Alex texted me, and he said, you know that spot's a better morning spot. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I wasn't worried or, you know, whatever. So um, it was a very uneventful for me. And uh, Caden was hunting um, there with me on, on the private land um, on a cut uh, cornfield and a millennium stand that was already there. And he saw quite a few deer that evening, saw a good buck um, way out in the field, um, just – checking some does wasn't chasing hard but checking some does but saturday evening i you know i knew that i was going back in there sunday morning and i felt really good about it so very uneventful like i said went back got ready for sunday morning i'll roll into sunday morning with mine got in there sunday morning and alex is gonna laugh and tell a story i know but i get in there it's the perfect morning man it's cool you know, I get in there super quiet. My egress to that stand is great. My wind's good for that stand. And I get in there, and I'm sitting there, and it's just breaking daylight. And all of a sudden, it sounds like two 150-inch deer about 80 yards from me fighting like their lives depend on it. It wasn't. 
it was a, about a 180-pound man in a saddle with two horns up there beating the, the, beating the, the rattle master got rattled him? out of the stand. I saw him when he got down. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, it it frustrated me, obviously, because he was so close to me. But you were on private. He was on public. Yeah, he was just and, – and, and I was hunting the line, and, and he was too – but where I was hunting is a very good travel corridor, and I've I've had success there in the past, and I've seen a lot of, I've seen some good shooters there. So that morning transpired with him rattling, literally probably about every twenty minutes, and and I got a little Did you rattle back. Oh yeah, we had a <laughs> rattle off, and it wasn't until I rattled a couple times he started whistling at me, and I think he may have finally pulled up on X or something or hunt stand or whatever and realized that I was on private. And for whatever reason, he decided to get down and I saw him leave. Yeah. But I, I made the decision then I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to move. I've got to make a move. You he know? made that decision at 10 till seven that morning. I'm yeah. getting down. I'm done. I'm out of this. Oh, you done it that early. Well, well he was, I, he didn't I, get down, I but he was get, wanting to. I was wanting to, I was just frustrated, you know, sure. you know, he just, he was up there making all kinds of racket and stuff. And, and not that it was bad. I mean, he could have rattled in a buck right past me, you know. That's or, right. But he was just he was he was extremely overcalling, and and I do like to rattle, as Alex says, because I have had some success with it in the past. So he was he's like, oh, it's rattle master versus rattle master, you know, up there. <laughs> There's up there having well, a yeah, battle. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a good place to do it up there. Yeah, it, it is, and 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 I have had some success. I've had some. I've ran some deer off too, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, Alex witnessed it last year i mean i think if you have the right buck, it was just so i'm telling you i would he text that i like to have fell out of the stand because i just thought i wonder how many people have sat near cody and could hear him right what time did you sit till um i sat till about nine about nine nine yeah. nine thirty you moved moved nine thirty i i pulled my set down and i I moved to what would be the, the west side of the property and that's about the farthest i could get away from the, the private land or the public land because I knew if there was people that close, they were probably pushing deer onto that private a little. You would have moved to the north side of the property. Been the- well, it was northwest from where I was at. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I pull down and I move. Um, and what? So what happened to you Sunday? So Sunday morning, I saw one of the biggest deer I've ever yeah. seen up there. I mean, and he was following a doe. And had I been sitting where I had thought i needed to be sitting and not back in the same tree i would have had an opportunity to shoot that deer because he came he came i had a trail at 40 yards and i knew that trail was there they've traveled it last year i watched them travel it and every deer i saw that morning and i saw four different bucks could have been you know some of the same ones i seen the day before one i know for sure wasn't he was a big six by five you know i i, I know for sure he had 11 points up um, followed the deer south and sun. Did you rattle? No, I didn't make no noise. I sat there. I didn't make a sound that, that at that time because they passed right on through. And this was early. I mean, this was yeah. right at daylight. And I had a doe and a spike come, uh, the spike following the doe, and I got some great video of him. And that kind of dissipated. And I saw deer to the south on a piece of private ground that I don't have permission to get on. And um, I know the guy that owns that property, but I had I had watched deer in that area, and they were running does like crazy, grunting, uh, you know, and I'm sure they were over in the woods fighting where I couldn't hear them. The interesting part about where I'm at, and when Cody and I found this spot last year, 
we we lucked up in finding this spot in reality because of some of the things that transpired but it's a beaver dam and they've got a flooded bottom and you can't cross it deer aren't going through there i mean it is a amounts immense amount of timber falling and they pinch down and they have to come around the edge of it to get back to bedding well if your wind's right as it was for me out of the south because it's blowing from the field they're feeding on it's not blowing into bedding it's not blowing into their travel path so it's it's a great spot there so i had a great buck that i probably would have shot come through that morning and he was a little bit outside of where i was comfortable shooting he was over 40 yards and i thought i'm not going to take a shot i had some shots at him and probably could have stopped him but just didn't feel comfortable with it passed right on through about 8 30 and that was going into Saturday afternoon, I, or excuse me, Sunday afternoon. I didn't see but one doe that evening. All that action in two days, you know, I thought this is this is the spot. Well, real quick, I, I mean, I'll say this: um, those two, those first two days, that Saturday Sunday, were the best days on DeerCast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they were the were well, they great? They were both great. They're yep. both great. Yeah, yep. And the temperatures were right. <clears throat> That's right. I That's mean, right. we were in the we were in the temperature zone of of. Sunday morning, it was 34, 35 degrees, mm-hmm. which was, man, when you wake up up there and there's a frost on the ground, you see your mm-hmm. breath, oh, there's man. there's nothing feels any better. I mean, it's just amazing. And and it was. Sunday was a great morning. Afternoon, I only saw a doe, and I didn't look into that too much because I knew from the past that's a better morning set because they're traveling from food to bedding. And there could have been some deer I didn't see that moved around, but – yeah, sun, Sunday morning, I, I went back and I, I hunted the new set that I'd hunt, hunted. No, not Sunday morning. Sunday morning is when you got rattled out of the tree. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm Sunday sorry. Sunday afternoon. S- Sunday afternoon, I, I hunted that, that set. And I had, um, I sat up on the edge of, um, it was like a CRP field. It would have been to my north and to the south of me would have been uh, bedding some timber and stuff and I just wanted to try to you – know, and I said it mainly as an observation stand. I got on the edge of a field. I wanted to see where the deer – if they were being pushed off that public, where where were they traveling to and where were they going to bed, you know. And I, I wanted to see. And, again, man, struck out. I didn't see a deer that evening, you know. And it was just – I was like, man. And I've hunted that private before, and I was like, where are the deer at? I mean, and Caden was just to my east – and he was still seeing deer, and I was like, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad he's seeing deer, but I was like, I got to get, you know, you start thinking, you start counting down the days in your head, mm-hmm. like, I got to make a move. I got to figure something out. And so that was, um, so that was Sunday, eve- Sunday evening going into uh, Monday morning. Monday morning, I finally saw my first deer, and it was a little buck. It had come out of a patch of timber, and it headed straight to Caden across a cut cornfield. And it was a small buck. I mean, you know, maybe 80, 80 inches, 70 inches, something like that. And I was like, okay, a deer. You know, I was just a relief. I was like, yeah, okay, finally a, a deer. And then I had one uh, one small spike coming behind me that morning, fed around right behind me. And, um, and that was it. I mean, I was still, you know, usually by that time on that piece of ground, usually within the first day and a half in the past, I had seen at least a shooter deer. Yeah. And it just wasn't there. It wasn't happening. And I wasn't even seeing does. I know. And I was like, what the heck is going on, you know? And I think I, 
attribute that mainly, mostly to that public land pressure. I, I don't, I don't know if they pushed them to the north across the hard road or, or, or what. I don't, I really know. But I, I called a lucky break um, Monday around lunch, and I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want to buy searching names up there. But um, a good friend of mine, whose land I was hunting, said, "Hey, my buddy, who's a big farmer up there." just acquired a new piece of land up there and he said go hunt it if you want to and so monday afternoon i made the decision and alex said dude just take your climber go over there and find a spot and just see what it's about how far was this from where you were five miles three yeah four miles yeah something like that um down the west uh west from me and this this property was originally, if you can imagine, basically a, a square block of, of, of timber, and it was a, about 20 acres. And he had timbered 10 acres of it and windrowed it, and he had pushed all the timber that he timbered out of the woods against the pile of woods. So all the way down the west side of this block of timber that I was in, which was about 10 acres, it was impassable. You either had to enter that block of timber from the south, the north, or from the east, which would have been, which was a, a cut bean field. And I knew nothing about the property. And talking to Alex and us kind of planning and me telling him what it looked like when we got in there, um, the south end of that was obviously bedding. The north end of it was partially flooded timber and... And where I ended up sitting just to the west of that flooded timber was just a little just a little patch of travelable tim- timber. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I ended up sitting. And I s- set up originally on the, as far west in that block of timber as I could against that windrow. I could see out into the field. And there again, the first day, I wanted, to, I wanted it to be an observation. The first evening that I sat there, I think I may have seen, or did I even see a deer? I don't think you saw a deer. I don't think either. I see. I don't think I seen a deer again there. And I was like, I told <laughs> Alex, I said, I already had a plan. I already had a plan. It done scared every deer out of the country. I thought. I was like, man, you ain't seeing nothing. Yeah, and I thought, oh, what am I gonna do? You know, I, I don't have. You know, I don't have any plan. So this is. So this is Monday, right? Well, Josh got there Sunday yeah, night. Josh got there Sunday, and that's. They had went and hunted. Josh was on a piece of public um, that we'd hung a stand on for him, and uh, we we got him set up, and and he hunted Monday morning. Didn't like that spot uh, for Monday, or excuse me, this was Monday morning he hunted there, and he didn't like that spot. Um, and y'all then, already hung y'all already hung a lock on. Yeah, we hung his lock y'all on. Guard hold with him. Us. I don't think we guard hold him. <laughs> I mean, we put him in a well. I I had no confidence yep. in this spot. I had never only because I didn't like it. I yeah. had no prior knowledge of it. But Cody had hunted near there and seen deer pass in and out of that area before. Myself personally, I I did not like the spot. I honestly think it would be a good spot if there wasn't so much pressure on that public in that area because it is a pretty easy accessible spot. So. Mm-hmm. We saw a stand. We actually got Josh's hung, and there was one twenty yards from oh, it. We no. didn't even see until we got it, but got it hung. Josh's request mm-hmm. he was, wanted to see. I want to see far, and I said it's not where you need to be. But if that's what you want, I'll hang your stand. If you want to move it when you get here, you can move it. So we hung it. We hung it Sunday, Sunday. at lunch. Yeah, okay. Hung it where he could see, and left it with him. Wasn't gar hold like Alex said. I had seen shooter bucks there in the past. Two scrapes right in front of it, fresh. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. were cleaned out on the edge of a little field there. So, 
But so, anyways, we go. Hang on, we're fifty five minutes into this thing. We got to quit tiptoeing around it. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to pass Monday. Yeah, we're on Monday. Yeah, we're on Monday. I don't want to tiptoe past so let, it. So, so Monday's uneventful for me, but let's go <laughs> yeah, to Alex. So we know what happened on Monday by now, but we're 55 minutes in. It's time to uh, it's time to drink on this one. <laughs> so Monday morning, um, I went in to the same spot. Did you did you have a feeling Monday morning? Let me tell you what happened Sunday night, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. We ate we ate supper. We had um, salmon patties. We, we cooked salmon patties, canned deer meat fried, and uh, gravy and biscuits. So we had a good meal. Is that what you done the year before? No. No, okay. no, we had never eaten salmon patties before. But I told him, Josh had got there, was all pumped up, hanging out and everything, and he had brought a bottle of snops. Okay. And I told him, I said, boys, I'm going to have to pitch one tonight if I'm going to kill a deer tomorrow. I said, and I'm going to bust out that old Tink 69 hat and wear it in the morning. I said, I believe that's why I ain't got one killed yet. I need to do that. So – had a good evening hanging out. We hung out. When we went to bed, probably nine o'clock. I yeah. mean, it was pretty early, and got up that morning, throw that old Tink's hat on, and of course I was. What time was y'all getting up? Three o'clock. Yeah, yeah. We got up at. Th- y'all had well, a good little drive, right? It was thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, I got up at three o'clock. Did every you breakfast? I didn't. I didn't. I eat maybe a donut and drink some coffee. I ate biscuits every morning. Really? Mm-hmm. He had a little microwave biscuit okay, he put okay, in there. Okay, but okay. No, I didn't. I didn't. So you're headed there, there. Y'all, what are y'all? What are y'all listening to? Well, y'all wait a minute. Out? Let me get let me get started here because <laughs> we get up at morning and I grab my hat because I would get up at three o'clock every morning and I'd make coffee or I'd get me a drink and at three forty five I'd go in there and open Cody's door, get him up and I'd or just say hey yeah and he'd get up and then Caden I'd go in there and wake him up because. I like my time in the morning. I like to be just by myself, drink my coffee, do whatever it is I do, and just hang out. But I got up that morning, felt good, a little, little headache, but felt good. Josh was there, got him up. He was fired up, and they took me over there. And I think did I drove Josh's truck. You did, and uh, and dropped off, uh, dropped Caden off, and. Um, where did Josh hunt that? That oh, he hunted his stand Monday morning. Do you park at this spot? Or do you not park because you don't want people to see? I, it ain't going to matter. It's only one place to park there. I would rather park there to kind of let people know I'm back there so they don't come tracing yeah. through the woods. But I what go What was you jamming to? I didn't jam to nothing. We really? Didn't we have don't. no radio on. hardly listen to music in the mornings. Okay. No, I just okay. like to okay. ride and, you know, smell cigarette smoke the whole way. <laughs> there we're going. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we rode out there, and, and I dropped off. Uh, I think Josh went with uh, – with, no, I took you and dropped you off, and no, I don't remember no, who went I with parked, me. I parked there, and you took Caden and Josh. Caden yep, and Josh. Yep, I them took off. them to their stand, dropped them off, and uh, went on over there, parked, walked in, and I was, you know, I was just happy to be there. You get there early? Yeah, yeah. I tried to get there around. We were pulling into our spot around five ten, five oh five, something like that. Um, daylight was breaking at five forty. I mean, mm-hmm. it was getting daylight early. Yeah, you got to be in the stand up at five thirty. Yeah, so we got. I, I've got about a thirty twenty five minute walk or whatever and climb. So walked in, felt like I slipped in quiet. Um, got up in the tree and got everything set up. And uh, Bill, um, the guy that that hunts with us that we've met up there bill trailer and, and i'm gonna talk about bill in just a second but he was there that morning he told me he was gonna hunt because we both hunt this same general area it's about uh, five six hundred yards between his stand and mine he was there that morning um had told me he was coming and 
he got his bike unloaded and he takes off in front of me and uh he's got a rad bike that he rides into his stand well we get to the edge of a field on public and i just hear crashing and bill i see him turn around on his bike he's got a headlamp on it and he turns around and he's like dude that was a giant he said that was a that was a shooter for sure he said i, I would say 140s he said big deer he said, I saw him plain as day. He said, I was like, man, maybe he'll, you know, circle around. So he went to his stand. I went to mine. At 745, I saw a doe. And it was really slow. I mean, for from what I had been seeing, and I was the doe came down that same trail that they had been traveling. Mm-hmm. So immediately my mind's like, all right, I gotta move. I gotta make a move sometime today. I'm gonna move closer to this trail. At um about eight o'clock, I saw a buck. And he was over on the side of the ridge, and he fed around in that green stuff. He was eating in it, and he come a little closer, and it was just a small basket rack eight-pointer. I filmed him, and, I mean, I was excited. You know, I was like, dang, mm-hmm. this is cool. Well, I saw three does about 8.15, and they had moved from the bedding area to my, uh, be to my north, and they had just passed through, fed on through. And they came down that same trail, and I thought, gosh, this is just killing me being right here. So I text Bill. I'm going to say it was 8.30. I texted him, and I said, when I get down today, I'm going to move my stand 30 yards closer to this trail so I can shoot that trail. And phone went off, and I looked at it, and Bill said, um, if they're not coming to you, you got to go to them, LOL. And I remember reading that text message, and I've got my binocular pack. I slid my phone back down, and I look up, and I saw the deer. And he is on a rope, son, coming right to me. And he walks down, and, and I, I was able to get my big camera on and, and turn it to where I knew he was headed to because he was coming down the trail that comes just to the just to the north of me. Got my GoPro turned on. He walks behind a cedar tree, and I draw. And when he came out from behind that cedar tree, there's a perfect opening there. He didn't stop. Didn't really concern me because I knew I had other shots right there. I mean, it's a pretty open area. And that joker stops in the a little patch of thick stuff, of course, like they do. And he looks, he, he catches my wind. Because my wind's blowing, it's a south wind, so it's blowing north. He catches my wind. Well, by then it was too late. I mean, it was, I had already buried my pen, I, and, I, and I had one, there was a V tree. And you can ask Cody, you can see the tree, it comes up, and it opened up like a V. And I just put it right where I thought I needed to, and I squeezed off. And as soon as I hit that deer, I immediately thought, I've hammered him. Well, I didn't realize he had walked out of the frame of my big camera, which we've said all along, we're not going to let that hinder us. But I got my camera back on him. He runs through a brush pile, and you can hear it on the camera. You can see him running out. And about three, four seconds later, you hear the god awfulest crash you've ever heard. I, I've never heard anything like it. it. Sound like you took a ball bat and you hit a, a rotten tree and knocked it down, and then the woods just go quiet. And I thought, I just heard him crash right there. So I'm sitting there. I'm I'm you know excited. And the first person I usually call is Cody. Well, I had just texted Bill, you know, that I was going to move my stand. So I called Bill first. He was over there with me. I thought he may have even heard the deer crash. And he's like, what's up, buddy? And I was like, Bill, I just shot a giant. And he's like, did you? And, I mean, I was pumped up by then. Sure. You know, I was excited. And uh, talked to him for a second, FaceTime Cody. And, and I told him, I said, 
he's like, how big is it? And I was like, he's big. You know, I was thinking 150 plus. I mean, because this deer, he was framed big. And I'm sitting there, and and he said, well, me and Josh and Caden are on the way. We're going to be there in a minute. So I said, well, I'm just going to sit in the tree. I'll wait for y'all to get here. Well, I'm sitting there, and I'd called Dad and, you know, and Jessica and talked to them and text around or whatever, called you and talked to you, or I, did I text you? you I don't called know if me. I called you. Um, I saw I my – I thought, son of a <laughs> – son of a <laughs> – When you saw the phone yeah, ringing. I knew what it was. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I thought, here we go. Well. Um, I, uh, I, saw, uh, I saw my arrow laying there. No blood on the fletchings. I'm talking about clean, son. I look at them in the binoculars. Yeah, and you're sitting there the whole time. You're letting that run through your head. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I didn't sit there. I unhooked right down the tree. I went, boop, right over there, found the arrow, and the arrow had broke off about, I probably had, my arrows are 30 inches long. I probably had, I don't know, let's say 15, 18 inches of arrow left there that wasn't broke off. But blood on the arrow and blood on the ground. So I was like, all right, so maybe I, you know, maybe I've put a good shot on him. So. Climb back up the tree, and it took them about 30 minutes to get over there to where I was at, and I had time to sit there and, you know, kind of reflect on what was going on. And make sure you go check out the YouTube video because I, I got my I got my, my feels right there talking, and I won't go into any more of it than that, but I made a really good video after the shot there. And I'm sitting there, and I see Cody and them. They came around, and I climbed down. I was excited. I got all my stuff down, and I get on the ground, and, we go over there, and I can't really remember exactly where it was at. It took me a second to figure out where it was, and we find blood. And, man, let me tell you what, that Grim Reaper, like you had opened him up with a, a Sawzall. I mean, it was – Punishment. Yeah, blood down through there, trees knocked over and stuff. And uh, we come around the bend there, and we go over the top of the hill, and and Caden and Josh saw him laying uh, just over in a, in a little flat area. My camera had hung in this flat area since July the 25th Then when we went up there and hung cameras. I moved that camera to a, that trail. I wanted to watch that trail those deer was on. That deer died within five feet of where my trail camera had uh-huh. hanged since yeah. July 25th. We'd never had a picture of that deer. Nope. I, we'd never seen him on any of our cameras. I had three cameras hanging within a 100-yard radius there. That deer was never on camera there. Um don't know if it just wasn't in the right spot, right travel area, whatever it was, but he died right there. And how close was how close was this deer to where you shot the other deer last year? I was sitting in the same tree. Really? Same exact tree. Um he was within twenty yards of, of where I shot him. He just fell sixty yards to the to the north of where it was at. Yep. So um great you know when i walked up on him i told cody and you can hear it on the video that's the biggest six pointer that i've ever killed because i couldn't see his his threes i could just see that big two up and yeah um great deer i mean i had shot him right where i like to shoot a deer knock that running gear out i like to hit him in that front that right behind the front shoulder i actually shoot through the front shoulder that's where i like to aim for how far was it uh 18 yards i mean top pin alley i mean i knew when he was on that trail i thought Lord, if I get a shot on this deer, it's going to be bad for him. Reckon why he chose that trail over the the other trail that the other deer were using. I'll be honest with you, Nick, and I don't know if this is if this is true or not. I did not have a camera hanging over those mock scrapes I had made, but there had been deer checking those mock scrapes. Mm-hmm. When I went in that morning, I sprayed that bully buck in the woods around. I believe that deer was coming in at night and checking those scrapes, and he did not find what he was looking for. 
and something in his mind was saying, these scrapes are being made when I'm not here. I want to find out who's in my area. And I and I told Cody this, I honestly believe that deer came out of bedding at a time he wasn't normally accustomed to looking for what buck was making those scrapes because a deer had been cleaning them out. I videoed every one of the deer that came close to bucks Check those mock scrapes. They smelled them. I had a spike get up in the tree, make horns. I mean, I don't know what was going on. And I, I honestly believe if for the second time in my life, a mock scrape has got a deer kill for me. And I believe that's what he was coming to check. Do you think this was a classic move of the uh, phrase that Jason Lewis likes to use, the bump and dump? No, because you don't I think you, you don't think you bumped him. That was that deer that that morning. Well, now that and very he, well could have been. Came, he came back to bed after it got daylight. But he was not going to bed. He was coming from the bedding area. How was that deer walking with the wind? Uh, he would have been walking um, crosswind. Yep. So the the wind was rock, uh, was blowing out of the south, and he came from the west. I tell you something. That's something me and Brandon noticed up there. Every buck that we did see. If the wind, let's say the wind was blowing out of the west, and it wasn't most of the time, but if the wind was blowing out of the west, that deer would be traveling either from north to south or south to north. Right. And whatever side he was checking on, he might even go at an angle. He might, if it was blowing out of the west, he might have been walking southwest, but he always had that crosswind blowing across him. Yeah. And, and I, I'll tell you one thing that I noticed up there this year with the trails and everything that I saw. It was incredible to see how much the trails traveled east and west. You didn't see, I didn't see a whole lot of trails north and south, most of them. And it's common to have that west wind there, you know, so they're traveling that direction. But in any case, we, we, you know, field dressed the deer, took some pictures. I FaceTimed dad. He was like, golly, you know, he was pumped up and everything about it. And we, uh, I, Bill, he was like, where are you? I'm going to get my bike. You know, I'm going to get the trailer. I'll meet you down there. And Bill's got a, a trailer that connects to his bike um, that he can take deer in and out with. He brought that trailer down there. And, buddy, I tell you what, we got a game cart, but it's a, it's one step way above ours. I mean, it, it's got the oversized tires, the inflated tires on it. Man, you can just roll over logs. And, I mean, it brought that deer right out of there with ease. I mean, and it was a, a big-body deer. I mean, he was probably – Live weight, I'd probably put him at 190. I mean, he was... How old do you think he was? You know, when I first saw him, I didn't think he was that old, just judging by his body size and everything. He really didn't look like he was that big of a body deer, but Cody made an interesting point. Really short nose, kind of a Roman rise to his nose a little bit. I would say he was probably five, five and a half. His teeth I mean, wore down bad. Yeah, I mean, he had some, you know, characteristics. I like that, I like that double throat patch he had. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why it's going to cost me, you know, a tax at our bill. Like that? Is that, that the first double throat patch you killed? Yeah, yeah, that's the first one I've ever got. That's the first thing I, I mean, other than the horns, that was, I guess, right. the second thing I noticed is that. Yeah, he's a beautiful buck. I mean, we, we, uh, I scored him the other night. I actually took my time and went through it like Bill taught us how. I actually put tape on his horns and everything, and he was 147 and 4.8. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, so and we had him at 150 right at it uh, when we were up there. I'll be honest with you that the deer doesn't look like that in pictures. It, no. he, the horns, when you get them in your hands, the main beams are 25 inches long. I mean, great tine length on his twos. The mass is what carries him, though. I mean, great five and mass. Half inch, five and a half inch bases. It wind up being right at five, five and were a quarter. They? Yeah, and then but he carries it all the way out. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lose his mass. And That's a um, heck of a deer for public land. It is, and and you know that's two years in a row that we've went up there and got in that I've got in that tree, and 
Bill, he, he hooked his bike to it, took it to the truck for us. And I just want to give a special shout out to Bill because when we first met him, I killed the buck that he was hunting. I, I literally, I, the deer that he was in there hunting, I killed last year. When he heard the story about everything that went on that year, he he didn't he wasn't the type of sportsman. You know, you tell he was upset, but he has consistently shown me what it's like to be a, a fellow sportsman. Hundred percent. Yeah. There's been nothing but praise, and you know, he said, "You sorry dog." You know, he he was giving me a hard time, but he had never seen this deer, didn't have any pictures of it, and but he was he was. He was genuinely he was. excited, and I mean, it, it really meant a lot to me for him to be that way and help us out and get it out. And what do you agree? I got like a good out? video. I mean, he come and ate with us one night. He Did came he? over to the camp. Yeah, he came him. to came to supper and ate with us. And um, you know, I I told him I said, buddy, you got to get down to Georgia and see us. He's gonna hopefully come down. But we took him to camp, and for the first time ever, um, for is he myself, from Illinois? he is a two hours north of where we're at. Gotcha. He lives up. He works in Chicago. He's a firefighter up there. So, gotcha. Um, great guy. You know, shout out to him. He's he's become a friend to us and somebody that I look forward to seeing every year. But took him back to camp, and three days later, caped him off the skull for the first time for myself. I've done them before, but I took him. You know, got to do that, and the whole experience with that was pretty neat. So. I mean, I got a good video that I'm going to put on YouTube, but I basically just, after you called me, I basically just turned on my camera and just had a rant. Rant? Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be, I, I it'll can't be good. I can't wait to see that. But, you know, it went in, and of course, from there. It that was, was basically uh, at the end of your. Uh, that was because you didn't want to take a, you didn't want to take a doe. No, I had no desire to shoot hey, a doe. No, not not back where we was at because um just real quick before we go through all Cody's uh highs and lows, we'll um going into to Monday evening, Josh went and hunted and when they came out that night, now Cody's I'm gonna tell this on him, they I I told him if he would hunt where he was hunting at, there was gonna be a big deer in there. And him and Josh both had decided they was going to go somewhere else and hunt. And I told Caden, if your daddy leaves that block of timber he's in, me and you will not leave that spot. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, because he went and hunted with me out of my set that I had hanging. We went and hung another stand. But I told him, if you leave that spot, or I didn't even tell you, I told Caden that evening, I said, your daddy leaves that spot, me and you's going in there. And he went in there Tuesday morning, and that's where the – Fun starts for Cody. So, yeah, Tuesday morning was probably one of the most eventful mornings I've ever had in the woods. But you're in the same place you was Monday, right? Same place I set up Monday evening on the I, private ground. On the private ground, I left my stand in there, went back in there, and like I said, I was I wasn't. If we're, we're you know that that block of timber runs north to south, and um, it's a tr- it's a rectangle basically, and I wasn't set up in the middle of the rectangle. I was set up to the far west side. Because I could see two fields from that, and and being there, I wanted to see if deer were traveling those field edges and where they were coming in and out of, and and all that. Well, right after daylight that morning, when I say this flooded timber, and you'll see the video, you go watch it on YouTube. I'm going to have the video on there. This flooded timber is probably three and a half acres total, mm-hmm. and it's probably in some places about a foot deep, and all a lot of the vegetation's grown gone from underneath it and you can see clear through it to the other side of the property and right after daylight a doe come busting in there and she went flat in the middle of that flooded timber and five bucks were with her chasing her in that swamp in that swamp and 
you've never heard so much commotion, splashing, fighting, limbs breaking, trees knocking over. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't even turn my camera on. I picked my bow up and I was just sheer panic mode trying to figure out what was going on. I was putting my binoculars through there. All shooters? Uh, Three of them were. Yeah. Um, two of the other ones were staying on the outskirts, just trying to jump around. But the the one was a twelve pointer. I got a good look on him. It's the biggest deer I've seen to this to this day in Illinois on on the hoof. Probably anywhere. Pro- yeah, anywhere. Uh, so especially where I've been able to hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, subsequently, after they chased around in there for a while, and I got a little bit of video of not of him, but of one of a big ten pointer chasing her out in the field after they left. But they come by me at 31 yards, leaving that timber, heading north back out into the field. Nothing I could do about it. I mean, he's just owner and going through thick stuff. Well, I contribute this move to uh, mainly because I wanted to get closer, but Jason Lewis said as soon as he sees a big buck leave the area, he tears down and goes to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw them come in there, and I knew there had to be a reason that the doe went into that flooded timber. Mm-hmm. So I immediately I told him, I said, as soon as these deer get out of sight, I'm tearing down and I'm moving. They moved out of sight. This was about 7.30. Within 20 minutes, I was 45 yards to the east in the edge of that flooded timber. My stand was in a tree that was nearly in the water. And I got up in a good tree, and I got set. Well, I saw some more chasing out in the field, um, and then it got quiet for about an hour. And about 9 o'clock, I was sitting with my back to the south, and the flood timbers to my right. And I I did that for a reason, because I knew that any deer that were going to be traveling out of bed and were going to be coming from my south, and I wanted the tree between me and them to break up my outline, so that, and then I could shoot them when they got to either side of me. So I had to look behind me a lot, which was fine because I stand up a lot. And I turn around and look over my right shoulder and out steps. The, he's a giant, just for lack of better terms. And I, and I immediately, where he was standing when he came out, he was behind a bush, but I could just see antlers. And I got my camera on him. And... Right then and there, he was at a, he was at about thirty eight yards, but I had no shot. Well, he was in there in that flooded timber, and you could tell he was nose to the ground, smelling every tree he walked by. He was smelling where they had been in there chasing that doe that morning, mm-hmm. and he comes, but he's kind of quartering away from me, walking slowly through there, just real methodical, smelling, and you know, not paying any attention to me, but. The route he was going, he was he was going to be leaving that timber. And it was a no-doubt shooter, so I was already ready, had my bow ready, and um, I knew the, the path he was traveling. I knew where he was going to end up, and it was the only clear shot I had. And in that flooded timber, there's some – I keep calling it buck brush. I don't know what it is. It's little, it's little grass mm-hmm. in there, and it's about two foot tall. And I arranged this spot – probably about four times before he got to it. And I kept getting 41, 42 yards. Well, this year I had prepared more than ever, shooting my bows at longer distances and felt comfortable, way comfortable at 42 yards. So I went ahead and rolled my dial, got ready. He steps through the gap, got my camera on him, draw back. And as soon as I 
release and the arrow gets about 20 yards out you know it happens fast but i knew that it was it was short really i just i just felt it i knew the travel path it didn't look high enough and as i shot he took a step which didn't matter but the arrow went under him and he didn't spook he kind of jumped one step and then turned around and i did attempt to grunt and bleed at him a couple times, and he looked over my way a lot, but he could see very well through that flooded timber to where I was at, and he wasn't seeing what he was hearing, so he wasn't making that commitment over to me. Mm -hmm. And I had the pain of watching him for about 15 minutes, you know, walk around through that flooded timber, and once he left, I finally was able to range. There was a little tree there that stood about four foot tall. It was broke off. It was dead, and I was able to finally get a range on that tree, and it was at 50 yards is that what, what do you think you were hitting though i didn't hit anything oh is that grass because i was having to range the ground where he was at where yeah. it was at and you're just guessing where you thought he was gonna be walking I, and and he did walk exactly where i ranged but i where i was ranging i was hitting that grass prior to the actual land that he was gonna be standing on and i'll tell you something too ranging that water i don't know i guess that that laser bounces off that water. So anytime I would try to range a spot, if it was water, I had to find a hard surface, a log, a tree, or something in there. And there was some spindly trees in there. It was really hard to get a range on there, even though I could see well through it. And I finally ranged that spot good. And several times I clicked that tree and it was 50 yards. So I just I knew that it wasn't me as far as pulling my shot or something like that it was just a misrange shot and i actually had another deer walk through that same exact spot and stop um the next day and i ranged that deer and it was 51 yards dang so it was just you know and and alex and you'll see in the video and and this is what alex is saying his gut still hurts um i i wasn't I didn't. I was never defeated, though. I didn't beat myself up about it. I mean, I I talk in the camera afterwards, the shot, and I just you know chalked it up. It was like, hey, that's bow hunting. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have that. Now, was it probably it was it was a buck of a lifetime for me. Mm -hmm. I may never get a shot at a buck that big again, but you know, you that situation came and passed. And well, at least the takeaway is that you didn't. You didn't make a bad shot on a deer and right. not find it, you yeah. know? And, and I, and I, and the biggest learning curve for me with that is I've watched my shot back several times trying to figure out, okay, if I, if my, if I would have been, the height would have been right. You shoot a single pin? Shoot a single pin. Yeah. You think it would have made a difference or no? I guess not. Cause you didn't No, Cause I didn't know if I didn't know the distance, I mean, I would have dialed right on him and I felt confident I would have hit him, you know? Um, and I didn't have time to judge, to, to range him. Because the gap was only about 10 foot wide. Mm -hmm. And I knew once he got into that gap, I was going to have to stop him. And and you can even see in the shot, too, by the time I stop him, settle in on my pin and shoot, he takes a step. And when he takes a step, judging from the shot, I probably would have been about three inches back. Mm -hmm. um, he was quartering away a little bit, so I think I'd have been all right because I was aiming for the offset shoulder. But it doesn't matter because I missed. Did you so, donate that arrow to the swamp? Didn't even go look for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, you can have it. You know, it, just let that arrow be a learning lesson for me. So without going into everything, you know, there transpiring, but I told Alex right then and there, regardless of that shot or whether or not that buck would come back, I was going to stay in that tree yeah. for the remainder of the 
of the time. Me and O'Kaden's sales from Deflate. So that was Tuesday. That was Tuesday. Yeah. And then was that that was morning. That was mid morning. Mid morning. And then that afternoon Josh was able to take a good one, correct? Let me tell you that story because yeah. we we own uh so Monday afternoon I went to um take Caden to a new place to hunt that a, a guy up there, another gentleman that I had met, um, had uh, told me about. And his name's Brock, and, and Brock's become somebody that I've really gotten to be good friends with as well. And he told me about a spot. He's like, I don't know if anybody hunts this spot or not. And he's like, I, it's, it's kind of unknown, but go check it out. So I did. Spot looked great. Middle of nowhere, I'm telling you. I mean, way up there. And... I took Caden up there, and, and I went in and hung his stand for him Monday evening. Well, of course, I'm 45, well, 35 minutes north, and I'm in Josh's truck. This is on Monday evening. Right. And I take Caden up there, and I just ride around. Of course, I got some amazing video of deer. You know how it is when you ride That's around right. up there. There's deer running everywhere. So got some good video of that, and I'll put it on, on my YouTube video. Um, but it uh went back, got Caden, didn't have a lot of luck, had a guy come in on him, didn't even know there was a guy in there hunting, but – Got him out, and then Tuesday morning, Josh went and hunted my stand, and uh, Caden didn't hunt. He decided he didn't want to hunt that morning. Um, he wanted to stay at camp, and um, which was probably good for him. He needed a break. We'd run him pretty hard for, for two or three days, and so he stayed at camp, and uh, Josh went and hunted my stand. Well, didn't have any luck, and I could tell Josh was getting pretty frustrated going into Tuesday afternoon, and he was like, I ain't seeing no deer. You know, he heard us talk about it. But it, you know how slow it was. I mean, yeah. it was hot. And he wanted to go. He had found a spot. And he said, I want to go to this spot. And I told him, I said, Josh, they ain't going to be no deer in that spot. Do not go to there. Just don't go there. Where do I need to go? I said, I don't know. So we rode around for a little bit. And I was coming up on a place that we've hunted. We've never hunted there before, but we always knew. And Bill had gave us some intel on it being a really good spot. So whipped in there, pulled in. Josh jumps out. Don't even know where he's going. He said, I'm gone. I'll send you a pin where I'm at. I'm going all the way as far as I can go on this piece of private so or public. So Josh lights out. I take Caden, um, drop him off, and uh, he hunts that evening by himself. And, uh, no, I went and hunted with Caden that evening. And we come out, we went back to my stand. Because this was Tuesday afternoon. This is Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And we had a shooter come in Tuesday afternoon. Um, just, I'll tell you, Caden probably learned more about the way it is to really hunt in the woods with a bow than he ever has this year. Because you grow up in Georgia, you know, especially the last few years, like he has grown up, you pour out a bag of corn, you hunt near that bag of corn. That's just what you do here. I mean, you, you're bow hunting, you're putting it out. That's what the easiest thing to do is. And when you're hunting open air situations like we're having to hunt in a, in a place like Illinois, you've got to pick a shot and know and have the confidence to make that shot at 40 yards and pick an opening and know where those mm -hmm. openings are. And Cody and I kind of talked about it that that he probably would have been able to make one of those shots, and he even he even said that he said I just didn't know if I could squeeze one in there. Regardless, Josh sends a smoke emoji um, to us that he shot one, and I thought, what time was this? This was at four thirty. Yeah, and it gets dark at five ten. Yeah, right. So 
Josh has shot a deer 1.1 miles from the closest road that we can get to, the closest parking spot, and it is in <laughs> head-high CRP for about 200 acres. There ain't no way around it. It is CRP in briars overhead tall. Literally over our heads. We drug that game cart back there, and I thought, when he sent a picture of it, I thought he's went back there and shot a sure enough scrub just to get one kill. And it's a good buck. Yeah. I mean, it is a great buck. And he saw three bucks back there. that He missed one. Didn't tell everybody that, but he missed one back there, and he let one slip by him while his bow was laying on the ground while he was hanging his stand, a double main beam buck. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he got one killed. We got back here, and we drug it out. And it really wasn't that bad. I mean, we we made it work. I mean, it wasn't yeah. terrible to get out. It was. And I did I read right where that was his biggest bow kill? Yeah, he said that was. He told he me said, today that's only the third buck he's killed, third deer he's killed with his bow. Yeah. He put a smack on that one, didn't he? Oh, man. Hard shot. Drilled that joker. Yep. Drilled him. And uh, we drug it out, though, got back to camp. And that's the night that, that Bill came and ate with yep. us. And um, Josh left the next day to come home. But um, just to just to go through the, the – not to take up the time to, to go through it all, I'm just going to go ahead and say Caden and I hunted hard all week. Um, we hunted all the way till till Saturday afternoon. We did not miss but one other morning hunt when it was falling a flood raining. And we had nine encounters with deer all the way up to the last day. Um, and we had opportunities. We got to see some amazing stuff hunting together. We saw coyotes. We saw raccoons. We saw turkeys. Got to listen to turkeys gobble up there in the morning. Yeah, I got some video of that for you. That's the only thing I was thinking about. But <laughs> we run tight together, and the the, the kid's going to make an amazing hunter as it goes. Um, he he did very well in camp, keeping things. You know, he washed dishes and and helped out around camp. And I can't give kudos enough for for to him for how he was in in his hunting. He never got down. He never let it frustrate him. He did get a little frustrated not being able to figure out where to shoot and figure out where to go, but. That last evening, he and I were walking out the field. I asked him, I said, do you feel, you know, let down that you didn't get to kill one? He said, oh, man. He said, I, he said, I saw more deer than I've ever seen in my life. He said, I would never. He said, no, I'm frustrated I didn't get to kill one, you know, as anybody would be, but I'm not let down. He said, there's always next year. And I was, and I took that as, we don't shoot does up there, Nick. I, I don't know if you understand. We don't have a four-wheeler to go get them like y'all yeah, do. Yeah. We have to walk to drag them out, and so it ain't worth it. That ain't. I'm not shooting a doe in Illinois unless I've got a four-wheeler to go get it. I mean, it just, of course, we didn't have a – I'll be honest, we, we didn't see a doe close enough to shoot. All we seen was bucks. I didn't have a doe close enough to shoot. Only, only never mind. I saw a couple short uh, little bucks, but that was it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go into the rest of my week, and I won't go day by day, just honestly because I can't remember day by day every. But mm -hmm. I ended up hunting in that same tree for the rest of the week, and I had uh, another couple encounters. Um, I did. I saw that big 12 again, tending a doe. He was 282 yards, and I don't know if my legs have ever shook that hard in the deer stand just seeing him that far away. Um, <clears throat> I beat the brows off that rattling horns that day. <laughs> trying to and he looked over and made three steps across that field towards me and i thought don't do it <laughs> you know and but then he just went right back at that doe um i saw i let i let a pretty decent eight pointer walk i said pretty decent eight pointer he was a young buck um uh, i kept joking around i texted you a couple of times i said let a, yeah. let a six pointer <laughs> let a six pointer come by i was kidding 
And um, I let a good eight-pointer walk um, because I knew it was in the area. I knew there was a good ten-pointer there, and I knew there was some a couple good eight-pointers. So um, I rocked on, rolled around there, and, and still every doe that was chased, I made the right call. I told Alex after I'm in the right spot. Every doe that was chased came into that flooded timber, and I got some pretty good video. Awesome video. Of several bucks chasing does through that. And I think them does, I don't know if it was a scent thing, if they thought they, they could lose the bucks via scent in that water. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or if she thought she could get away from them through all the deadfall and stuff. Sure. But they would run circles, and then she would finally give up and leave and go to another block of timber or whatever. Um, finally, um, Friday morning rolled around. And it it was pretty dead, and um, I wasn't seeing a whole lot. And we had talked prior. We knew a cold front was moving in, and it was going to be the the best day to hunt was Saturday. But we were leaving Saturday. That's right. But I told Alex, I said, and and we kind of talked ourselves into it. I said, I'm on I'm on call my wife and and see. Then that talked me into it. I was fired up. I was ready to stay. I said I'm gonna see about staying an extra night. If the campground's got an extra night for us and, and you know, she's all right with it, then, you know, I'm going to sure. stay an extra night. So, um, made that phone call. Um, she was she was ready to see me, but we, you know, um, we stayed an extra day. And Saturday morning, I went in there, and it was a great morning. Cold, good morning. And it was slow, though. I wasn't seeing anything. I, I saw um, – I saw one spike come out of the block of timber behind me and, and go out into the field. And then um, about, I don't know what time it was exactly. 1020. 10-20. Um, I saw a doe come into the block of timber, and she kind of thrashed in through there a little bit, 10 yards, and I was looking at her, looking at her, and then she looked back. So I started looking behind her, and then I saw tines coming through the trees. And I knew when I saw his G2, I was like, hey, shooter, you know. Probably would have been a shooter, you know, if I wouldn't have saw those big bucks. He'd have probably been a shooter day day two, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, just a good. I told Alex. I said he, you know, he's he probably high twenties, maybe hit thirties. Um, but he come in there, and I knew exactly where he was going to be, and he come through one little open at, at thirty yards, and I tried to stop him, but he didn't hear me. He it was kind of windy, and um, he was walking. He didn't hear me, and he got to one other opening. And it was 31 yards, and I stopped him, and I was all, I was at full draw already, and I had to squat, and you can't see me, but I had to squat nearly down like you're doing a squat, you know, like whatever, and I don't know if I just torqued my shot or or what I did. The, the range was correct, the my pin was correct, but I, I torqued my shot and I shot him high, and when I called Alex because I FaceTimed him immediately, I watched him run off. And I called Alex, and I said, he's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I was like, I did. I was like, but don't get excited. I said, I I shoulder shot him. No, you didn't say that. I I said said I hit him high. You said I hit him high, but it's just like I shot that buck last time, and it went down, and and I was like, all right, we'll just give him a little bit of time. (laughs) But And I knew, and I listened, you know, and I didn't hear that ominous crash that you want to hear. I heard some trees breaking and stuff. But I, I knew when he ran off, there a lot of my arrow was sticking out of him. Um, and he tucked that front leg up and, and tore out of there. 
I knew with that shot though that it was either high double lung or it was nothing. Yeah, he did say he said it's either it's either dead or nothing. I said, well, we'll give it a little time and so so we gave it some time and and Tanner was up there um, by this time. Um, uh, that's my wife's cousin and uh, they all came over there on the ranger and um, we we I tore my stand down and everything and we got to tracking and within about fifty or thirty yards we found blood and the blood wasn't. I mean, it was never, it was never like, ah, oh, this joker's, yeah, you know, smoked. But it wasn't drip, drip, drip. It was, it would be a pile, and then you know, a streak, and then maybe a drip, drip, and then another pile. If he went over a log or something, a couple places there were some pretty good piles, the size of softballs, and you know, good pie plate size, yeah, blood pie spots. plate. And and so we were kind of, you know, but at this point, you know, we after about a hundred and fifty, getting close to two hundred yard mark, we're getting close to the highway. And across from the highway is, you know, an ungodly sized field. And, and, you know, we, we lost blood there at the highway and we looked everywhere around, around there for an hour. Yeah. For an hour. Couldn't find any more blood and the blood just gone. Yeah. Looked across those bean fields, you know, and I went to walk, I went and walked a couple of ditches that had some, you know, they're pretty much creeks, but they're ditches. They got some, a bunch of standing water in them and just nothing. And that night, fast forward to that night, I didn't hunt. I told Alex, I said, you know, I've had some great opportunities this week. I put in a lot of effort. You know, I'm I'm tired. I'm going to let you and Caden go hunt. Maybe y'all have some success. I'm going to go start getting camp ready. Tanner was actually hunting the south, uh, south of me across the hard road. And he, out of the, coming out of the woods that night, driving side by side, he called me and he said, you ain't going to believe this. And I said, what? He said, your Luminoc is laying in the middle of that bean field. (laughs) And I said, are you kidding me? And he said, no, I swear. So long story short, he comes and gets me. He drives me back out there. I go retrieve my arrow. And within looking at it, you know, a few seconds, I knew. um, I I could tell I only got about three inches of penetration. Mm. Um, I hit that high shoulder bone. Um, I must have dead center punched that hard shoulder bone where it comes up and turns. Yeah. And um, he was just bleeding because he had a two-inch Grim Reaper cut. Sure. And he's, you know, probably hurting. <laughs> but nevertheless, he, he's going to live. Um, and, and I did actually just for the sake of doing because then I knew a general direction of where he was running. Um, I did go walk that entire ditch that night um, and look and made a valiant effort to look for him. And knowing good and well he was alive, but I wanted to at least give it a look. Right. And um, we chalked that up onto a survival shot. But, you know, and and that's something, you know, and and then there again, too, you know, those shots are going to happen as a bow hunter. I, I, I don't care. If you hunt long enough, you're going to pull a shot. Yep. You're going to do something. I don't care if in 30 yards is like death alley to me. You know, like I feel the most confident at 30 as I do at 20. But being in that squatted position, you know, if you're not dead set, your anchor point's different, everything changes, and I just pushed my shot highs all it was. And those are the things that you learn from. And Well, uh, me and Brandon were talking about this on the way home, and, and it, it doesn't matter. When you go out of state like that, you go up there and you, you put cameras out in August, or July, June, May, whatever. We put ours out in June. You guys put yours out in August. We went back and changed batteries. We had this whole game plan on paper, Brandon had this game plan. He was going to go to this new piece and try it. 
Dude, we get up there in that game. You might as well take that game plan, throw it in the trash, and burn it. Yep. Because when when you get up there and the wind's different, or like you said, somebody's sitting there hunting, you can't prepare for that stuff. You nope. can't prepare for what's going to happen. So the best thing to do is just, you know, get your game plan. That, that gets you excited. But go up there with an open mind that, you know, the wind may be wrong for that area. This may be wrong for that area. Somebody may already blow them out. Somebody already may be hunting them, or maybe they're not chasing yet, or maybe it's green, or maybe there's a ton of acres on the ground. And, and I think just for the week's time, um, and it wasn't really a memory from what you asked, Alex, earlier, but you just got to stay mobile, man. You got to move on those deer. And, and you know, and you know if it wasn't for the horseshoe up his butt, <laughs> wink, wink, um, <laughs> you know, it was kind of dead on you other than the first day, you know. I mean, how many times did somebody go back to that set? I know y'all were in there and y'all made noise getting that deer out, but how many times did somebody go back and see – deer you know well, well and we did see deer back in that area there. that that spot is just uh i mean it's one of those areas that you're not gonna you're not gonna find many spots like that because of what it is yeah well, and you talk about adapting and changing plans um their plan after caden or after alex tagged out was they were going back in there to that public land and they were gonna hunt the rest of the week yeah a lot of people flooded in that public land and they changed plans is there a lot of people that hunt back in there not where we are. But there were you some get guys that spot that, next year? There were some guys that pushed back <laughs> into there, like that area yeah. that kind of boogered it up. Because if you go into that area wrong, you're blowing everything in yeah. and out. I mean, you will blow that spot out, and you will not see another. And that's what – not to knock those guys. I mean, they, yeah. they were in there hunting, you know, just like we were. And I wished them all the success in the world. We met other people that – I talked to a guy from Georgia, from Tifton, that was actually a listener of the podcast. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. looked at me. I met him in a parking lot. He was looking at me, and he looked at my hat, and he said, talk about it outdoors. I think I follow you on Facebook. You, Alex. Me and Caden talked to him in the parking really? lot, and I was yeah. like, wow. And Bruce, his name, shout out to you, Bruce, if you hear this episode. Nice to meet you guys. Sorry y'all didn't get on deer and tried every way in the world to help them. You know, and I told them, I said, these are some good spots here that I would say to go. And they saw where I killed this deer, and they the first thing they said was, you walk all the way back there, how do you get one out? It's work. I mean, it ain't gonna be easy. You just got to do it. And well, my and and good Lord willing, I'll be back on that. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna tie everything to being able to hunt that private land again next year. But I saw nine shooter bucks out of that stand. And did I have an opportunity? All of them? No. Were that were some of them at 250 yards? Yes. Can you knock on doors around there? I, I well, it's um, I know everybody that it owns land right there and i know what i would be able to hunt and where i was at is this would be the spot to be gotcha um but you know what's your biggest memory from there um um, having caden in camp yeah and just i midweek i realized that i was being almost selfish i I was i was like frustrated at the beginning of the week trying so hard because my plans had got completely demolished and I didn't know what to do or where to where to go, and and I you know and I was really focused on myself. And then later on in the week, I really was you know talking to Alex, and we was trying to figure out where to get him. We was game planning with you know everybody on the phone because they ended up on some you know good private land and um, trying just trying to get him on a deer, trying to get him on a deer. And I knew I was sitting in the tree hell high water deer no deer i was gonna be right there yeah and, when you when you see a good buck it's hard to leave there and i wouldn't leave there if i no. saw a good buck i mean you got to stay on that area it, it, and it's di- it's it's maybe different if they're chasing and you see one good buck off in the distance 
But when you see several shooter bucks mm-hmm. within bow range, you can't yeah. you can't abandon that spot. It may be a dead spot a lot of the times with a big buck. It may be you may not see a lot of deer. Yeah. But you just want to see that one deer. Yeah, that's yeah, I didn't need to see fifty. And that's yeah. exactly that the buck that I shot that last that Saturday, he was just pushing that doe back and he was just tending her. He wasn't chasing her, he was just tending her. He's by himself. And uh he was just going back there, they're probably going back there to bed or, or pushing up her in the breed. There's so much mental to this sport and you go up there and and things don't happen that way. And I know I just said that, but you you're like your your mind is just going a thousand miles an hour. You're looking at hunt stand or onyx, whatever you use, and you're like, "Where can I go next? Where can I hunt mm-hmm. this wind? Where can I get? I get it in this ditch." Or you're just constantly trying to be better, you know. And, and there's only one person, so you can't hunt all those spots. Yeah, but you you want to be in all those spots at one time. It, it is, and, and it's hard to say which one is going to be the best one tonight. Mm-hmm. And it gets frustrating too because you'll see all these deer. And that this is one reason I don't like hunting the edge of fields because you see all those deer on the field and you go, why are they going to that freaking corner? Why do they keep going to that corner? And you look on your map and you're like, there's nothing there. But you can't hunt that corner. It's on another people, mm-hmm. piece of property. So it's better to get back in there like where Alex is or somebody in their bedroom or something and make them funnel past you. Mm-hmm. you know? Memories for you? Oh, man. Hands down, taking my biggest buck with a bow ever. I mean, I can't can't take that away i mean i that's my that's my first pope and young with a bow i mean you were you were with me when i got my next biggest one scored um i've killed a lot of deer with a bow but that's that's my biggest buck of of that's the third biggest deer i've ever killed my biggest with a bow and as far as the hunting goes i mean i i, I really and truly enjoyed hunting with caden last week and and not because it was you know him per se i mean i enjoy being around him and i give him more hell than anybody does i stay on his tail and i know there's a time or two he was like i can't shoot or he you hear it on the camera i'm like shoot caden shoot because like i said knowledge basis but i enjoyed that a lot but cody and i got him a knife like we've got the the case knife and we were able to give him that. We we had it planned out that if he killed a deer, you know, it was going to be like, all right, you got to gut it. You want to borrow my knife? No, you use yours, and we was yeah. going to give it to him then. But we were able to give him something from that trip to have as a memory and, you know, a moment that he would have forever. And we decided, you know, a month before that we were going to get him one, and, and we did. And I just, I mean, Cody and I hunt so well together, and we argue like cats and dogs, and he was frustrated with his hunting, and I had tagged out, and about Wednesday, I walked outside, and I was like, buddy, come here, give me a hug. You got to give me a hug. I got to, let's let's smoke one, you know, and just just chill out for a minute, and then, and I think that's when it it all comes down, because we put so much pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. that you forget to enjoy the moments at times, and, and, but I'm telling you. If good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, we're going to be right back in southern Illinois right. chasing them again. And, and I we know go what's going to happen them. already. <laughs> I can only hope, I talk, boys. I talk a lot of crap, and I talk a lot of crap on here about you or on my YouTube thing about you. But Let's honestly, I'm just I'm just jealous, you know. And, and I told you all week, I said, I'm just jealous. I just want to kill, kill a big deer. My buddy, my buddy Josh Underwood said, um, he texted me, and, and he came and ate supper with us one night, and he texted me, and he said, is it okay to love you and hate you at the same time? And I said, yeah. I said, you wouldn't be human if you wasn't. But, I mean, I, I'll i take it, luck, whatever. If I, if it's luck, I'll keep that lucky streak mm-hmm. going because I don't, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind taking the, the heat for it. I love it. I knew when I shot that deer, I was sitting there and I was thinking, 
Did Alex <laughs> go ahead? Sorry, I was just golly. It's it's fixing to rain down again on me. <laughs> Did Alex tell you what I what I texted him a couple of days later? No. I texted him and asked him, I said, you went and lay one of them oh. prayers up for me, <laughs> yeah. would you, for hours? Oh, hey, that, that I, damn I, thing, I, one, I don't think you done it. I got one better than that. <laughs> yeah, t- listen uh, to Cody. <laughs> the last day, uh, they had an opportunity to buck Caden did. And I said, hey, Nick didn't use your tag. If you could give it to Caden right now, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and, well, I don't think Alex. I did. My hand went across. Oh, Lord, I don't really mean this, yeah. but give Nick that tag. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But no, so it's, yeah. Well, congratulations on a big deer. Congratulations yeah, on y'all taking Caden up there. And we all had safe travels other than our buddy Terry that came back. And oh, goodness. They're all yeah. doing good now. And he killed a he killed a good buck up there for his t- first time in Illinois. And he he's doing good and good spirits. But yeah, let me tell you how good a spirits he's in. I'm gonna tell this on him on here. I texted, I called him, and he didn't answer. And I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, just checking in on you." He said, "Yeah, I sure am glad you're in Illinois. Jess is taking real good care of me while you're up there, and me getting back better." And I said, "Well, he's gonna be he's, okay. He's just yep, fine." Yep. Now nah, we uh, what a great year, man. I mean. I think the weather's, you know, the weather's, I, I was looking back at some Facebook memories um, two years ago. It was the coldest temperatures I ever hunted up there. And I guess that was the first year you yeah. took Alex, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it and was, was brutal. The coldest weather. These last two years have been the warmest weather by far. Um, Maybe next year we'll be at cold snaps, huh? Yeah. Alex don't need no cold snap. That might, might trigger that. They might find that some to fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I need that tight, tucked in tight. So, um, Final thoughts? Um, you can't pair enough for mental. Um, you can't you can't shoot enough. Nope. Um, just don't let it bother you. You know, and and let them lay. Say it again. Let them lay. Just if you don't see it fall. Yep. If you don't see that deer fall, do not go in there unless it's been six hours. I'm gonna say six hours at the minimum. Um, if you know you got a decent shot, if you got a pass through. You're probably good at six. If you didn't get a pass through and you can't find your error, I'd give it eight to ten. Um, don't worry about it. Let the coyotes eat that deer alive. <laughs> let the I mean, really, let the coyotes eat that deer alive. If that deer's bedded down, let it eat it alive. You'll find that deer. You'll at least be able to get the horns off of it. When you bump him out of the country, Never you ain't gonna it. get nothing. Yeah. I've learned that more this year. That's the biggest takeaway from this entire year, not even Illinois, is three different occasions that I've been a part of where deer have been lost because mm-hmm. of going in too early and one of them was my own in south georgia so i mean it yeah. it's a big learning lesson so don't ever say man i can shoot my bow i'm fine i, I can shoot at home i i hit 10 ring 12 rings every time well yep oh sad daddy walks out there and you get one opportunity in your lifetime they, right. they ain't standing around every tree you ain't shooting around twigs and bushes and this mm-hmm. stuff too so no you got a split second to make it happen what's your thoughts alex well i was gonna go to you um yeah my biggest takeaway from this year is just like Nick said, prepare, prepare. And I told Alex at the beginning of the season, I said, I'm going to do. I took a, a lot from what Jason Lewis said. If I see deer, move to them as soon as they get out of there and stuff. And, and not saying that, that that move didn't attribute to me anything, but when I made that move, as soon I mean, the deer just got out of sight and they could have run back over there in five minutes. I moved, you know, I made that move immediately and, um, I think you just got to be aggressive and really get in there with them. Just learn a little bit every year. How about you? Well, that brings us down to the final spit of the night. And as a good buddy of ours on the way home, Damon Harmon said, 
it's not the deer that we take that keeps us going back, but it's the ones that get away. And as we continue to travel through this hunting journey, whether it be turkey, deer, squirrels, rabbits, or any of the like, we continue to build friendships, relationships, and we continue to build that on a foundation of our hunting career and a lifestyle that we're blessed enough to have. I think we all need to do a better job of being more friendly to each other, but also learning from each other in any way we can go. As we spent time in your camp this year, Nick, it was a blessing to me to see that camaraderie that you all have. And as we invited a new friend with us this year, we were able to introduce him to a new passion in chasing deer into the place. I think the future is going to be bright for us all, and I can't wait to see what it holds. So with that, everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we thank you for tuning in, and we want to invite you back to join us again when you can. And remember, smile as you go, and don't forget, mount the memories.